the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. I on real estate. Hopefully, we will get through. We had a few difficulties this this today with uh, some of the uh, phone problems, not the internet. Um, but we were talking about with the city reopens, and to everyone's point, to Ace's point, to Stephen's point, it really, if you're looking to buy or sell, things are getting back to normal. Hopefully, the new normal, I should say, um, and things are. Jumping, and I said, as I said, Manhattan saw the highest number of contracts signed in total sales since the pandemic started, um, with ever. And you're seeing people buying mortgage rates, obviously, are historic rates. And I think, uh, they saw the most application they've seen in years. And we're doing some mix of that where they work at home if they can and go to the office, a combination of both. And as I said last week, if you can work at home, you can go to some neighborhoods that are a little further away if you don't have to worry about commuting. So that's really a plus to some of the outskirts, like some of the suburbs. Uh, If you are in any of the businesses uh, the city will start to open. And as far as real estate and showings, which everyone's asking about, you still have to be very careful. You'll still have to do it by appointment. And obviously, as a real estate agent, the real estate agent usually is working for the seller. So it's up to the seller to decide whether they want someone to come in and virtually see their home, you know, come actually and see their home. And so that's really going to be with masks and, 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 and wipes and disinfectants. But I think you're going to start to see that open up because now the real estate business is able to actually open up again. Uh, what are you seeing with that? What are you thinking, you know, with that in the city? Do you think that people will, I mean, this is just a guess. We don't know until it happens. You think more people will open up to let actually buyers come in? I think you're going to find more people letting people come in as also remember it it goes in phases as people also get more comfortable. I mean, people are going to start looking outside on the street and say, wait a minute, I'm seeing people over at restaurants. I'm seeing people going back to their offices. You know, I can let somebody back into my apartment. You know, I think people will ride that wave as more and more people are doing more things and they say, okay, how are things going? And so it's sort of this, baby step approach, right? When you're trying to, it's like 
trying to taste a new food for the first time. You don't eat the whole plate, you take a little taste, and like, okay, that that went well, and let me try a little more. And so I think you're going to see more and more. Um, so I think the comfort level is going to increase. I know we made a lot of preparations. I was in my Manhattan office yesterday, and we had some of the admins back to prepare our office for the soft reopening next week. And, um, you know, we still had em- employees in as needed because legal was considered um, an essential industry, and particularly us when representing financial institutions and um, making sure we had signs up and things spaced out. And, and, and you think about the level of detail, like we made a decision that, you know, normally as a law firm, we'll have pens and paper and other soft supplies in the conference room on the table. We decided to just pull all that out temporarily, you know, little things like that right. to see what we can do. Um, right. Well, so. I think that for New Yorkers, uh, the summer usually is, is, is uh, you know, people usually buy in the spring. That's their highest market. And in the summer, a lot of people are away. So I think, and this is just my opinion, you're going to really see the market really pop. I kind of think it may be right after Labor Day. But it is getting back to the new normal. And I think as Ace or Steven said before, the price points, look at the price points because I think, Steven, you said it. Um, the high-end the high, the high end market probably will come back a little slow, although there's a lot of big deals, as we've observed that Douglas Ellen and I might have told you last week, and I think Steven said this week. Some big, you know, people have money on the side and decide, you know what, uh, New York is a safe place. I mean, over over time. New York has been considered one of the safest places to invest in. And for those who have the means to do so at a high level, they may be undeterred or feel they might get a good deal now. So it's a good time to invest in new residential development, particularly in New York, especially new development at the higher end. If you have that kind of uh, money, um, I'm sure they, you can work out something. Virtual tours will be here forever. I don't think they're going to go away. Uh, but inventory is still low. And um, when it comes to purchasing something in the city, if you're looking at a residential home, that's one thing because you're looking at the home. You should look at the streets and the aligning streets and, you know, look at the proximity to parkways and things of that nature. But if you're in the city and you're buying in a building, you kind of want to, not kind of, you want to, Look at the amenities that the building offers. What kind of perks does the building have? Does it have a gym inside? Even if you can't use it now, do they have a gym inside? Some of them have, you know, a party room that you can rent out. And again, it's not going to matter now because people are not, I don't believe the gyms are open yet. And you really are not going to be using a party room that the whole building can use. But eventually, hopefully this will subside and those things will matter again if you're in connecticut the hamptons jersey expect activity to continue to increase and uh if you're renting right now i would say it's a good time to rent because a lot of people left the city for the virus you know with the virus but i have to tell you i have a couple of friends personal friends that are trying to renegotiate with their landlords and i gotta say they're not that flexible they're like, you know, they're saying, you know, they're not that flexible. So, you know, every every case is different. So what I can suggest as my best advice to you is for you to 
go to a broker, make an offer, okay, and go back and forth. And remember, when you're negotiating, a good deal is where both people come out to be winners. And when you do negotiate, put your best foot forward. So don't, if you're, if you're, if you're going to give a lower price, don't start off with that. Because if you start off with a lower price, then what happens is you turn the buyer off and they close down they're not the seller off and they're not listening so start with the pluses if you've got mortgage approvals if you can be ready to to move in when they need you to move in if you have great credit start off with all the pluses first and then if there's a few negatives uh then you can do them so i think we are really seeing a good thing and I think that as I said to you all along real estate took a pause but people have to live somewhere so people are going to move they're going to buy and sell uh, we just had a temporary pause but you will have to wear masks okay and as as and as a seller um, make sure I'm sure your broker will tell you and have the disinfectants or they will make sure that we do this safely. We don't want to have to go through this again. And we've gotten the cases down to uh, a fairly low number since we were so high, and we don't want to see it appear again. Nor does anyone. Now, Stephen, um, I think there was a question. Uh, there was a Joe from Long Beach that called in. And if you need anything about Long Beach, obviously, uh, I think I grew up on Long Island. I know Long Beach like the back of my head. I used to go there in Jones Beach. It's a great community. And so you can get me on Facebook or email me, DottieHerman.com. Um, and there's another Joe on the line. And then I'd like to talk to Stephen um, that I have a question for you. I'm going to take Joe's call. But I have an unmarried couple who's purchasing a home. Both names will be on the deed. And only one person's name will be on the loan. Should an LLC be used? Any advice? Sure. Should I start with that question for the last question first? Well, I have somebody. Are you, you, let me take this quick question and then okay, we'll do sure. that. Is Joe on the Joe? Are you on the line? I'm on the line. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Joe. I couldn't have a Saturday without a call from you. I would feel like I'm lost. What's going uh, on, Daddy? I have a very important question. It's a little complicated. I'll make it as articulate as possible. And back in America's Marines, we would call it a cluster blank. Bottom line, American veteran in a uh, studio apartment here in New York City, two, almost two and a half years, uh, signed the lease in April of 2018, re-signed it in April of 2019, and then all hell broke loose uh, when the uh, pandemic happened. And they haven't approached me to re-sign. Also, there's been a skeleton crew here. On January 30th of this year, I verbally agreed to leave on the 28th of, of uh, April if they would return my 1300 deposit and some gift cards and some clothes and a one-way ticket to Florida. But, but the point is, they haven't negotiated since. The lawyers well, haven't... Well, stop. Lawyers have okay, stop. So that's a lot to ask. One-way <laughs> ticket to Florida for you to get out. I'm going to let Stephen... Um, he's a legal expert. I'm going to let Stephen handle that. So, Stephen, you want to give them an answer but that just seems like it's a lot <laughs> well I, th I think i think there's a, i think i think there's a lot going on um as daddy rightfully said um and also there's still a lot going on 
Uh, there's right now a big question when even the landlord tenant courts will open up because the majority, I would say probably two-thirds or so, maybe even more, maybe even three-quarters of all tenants who come in in a landlord-tenant dispute go into the court without an attorney. And so it's it's a little it's a little bit it's a little bit crazy sometimes in landlord tenant court. There's a lot of people in there in a confined space, and so there is now a discussion. Uh, I, I didn't see if there was anything passed yet in the legislature to defer opening up the landlord tenant courts really till August. So um, and this this would be for residential um, action. So you know there's a lot of things in flux over there. Of course there is the rent stabilization. The, not the rent, the, the rent, the change in the rental laws from last year about various notices. Um, so, you know, I, I think the key thing is, you know, again, without really knowing all the details, to have good communication, document it. It's one of the best things about email. Um, you have a time date stamp on it and really put it out there to make sure that you're asserting um, your rights on there. It, it's always tricky with landlord tenant case because. They're, you know, everyone has different leases and there's different nuances that are in there. So it's tough to yeah. give a, a real specific answer sometimes. But the key thing is to just really don't take no for an answer a little bit and just keep on saying, I want to have, if you're not doing something, we need to be specific. We need to also be reminded uh, of certain rights that we have with the new law from last year. And, and keep that in mind. And, and look, if, if it can't be resolved, then we'll have to wait for the courts, and we're all still waiting for him in that area. Well, I think he's saying that the, the, uh, the landlord hasn't responded, period, at all. So if there's no responses, then obviously at some point in time, I'm sure you'll get an eviction letter. Uh, you can't go to court if nobody's suing you. There's nothing to go for. So I would just, you know, write back. Yeah. yeah, I would just write back and say that, you know, listen, I've tried to reach you. I'd like to... You know, uh, and I would actually, I think, Stephen, am I right if you email it? I'd either email or if there isn't someone, I would also send it certified return receipt mail. Maybe a little bit old-fashioned. you got to go into the post office. But I'm, I'm telling you to do that because I have seen with, and I don't want to impugn anyone in particular, but I know there's been cases in the past where, property managers who are, who are you know really less than on the up and up would if it's regular mail with a stamp say they never got it so you want to make sure you, you create a record so whatever you send you, you can also send it by regular mail certified return receipt because that way you have the proof that you sent it so it's all about preparing yourself to be in the best position because a lot of times what happened with these landlord tenant cases it's a little bit of, you know, he said, she said, um, and, and you know what? The more you can independently prove that you took actions, the better. So send everything certified return receipt, not regular mail. Thank you, and thanks, Joe. Keep us posted. And going back to your question, Steve, so an unmarried couple is purchasing a home, both names, and as we said, a lot of unmarried people purchase homes today. Both names will be on the deed. So both people will be on the deed, which means, okay, but only one person's name will be on the loan. I know the answer to this, but I'll let Stephen answer. Should an LLC be used? Any advice? So so a bunch of things going on there. And then after I give my thoughts as an attorney, I would love also Ace's comments on, yes. you know, underwriting 
in your name versus an LLC and some of the advantages and challenges that, that a bar might have that way. Um, but, but, but the first thing is that, remember, whether you're happily or unhappily married, marriage is a legal status. When you are not married, regardless of how happy or unhappy you are, you legally don't have that status in New York. Now, some other states have something called common law marriage, where if you live together and you sort of act like a married couple um, and hold yourself out that way, even if you didn't go through the ceremony, you're deemed marriage. So states like California have that. New York, we're more traditional. If you want to get married, go get married. But if you don't get married, you're not married. And, and that's really important because that affects the legal entitlements. Now, nationally, not New York, but nationally, about 35% of all couples who buy together are not married. I would imagine that New York might be a little higher than the national average. And what's interesting is this does come up in two respects. So this is very important to think about because you're tying in your real estate transaction and estate planning and, and maybe some other things, which I'll get to, all up together. right? Some people are thinking of, oh, the stereotype of a 20-something couple who let's buy and then if everything works out, then we'll get married later. But it's not always those folks. Sometimes you have older couples who may have been married and say, you know, I'd like to be with someone, but I don't want to get married again. So it comes in two different circumstances, and it's really critical to plan appropriately because I've seen situations, particularly for the older folks who buy together, and their respective boyfriend or girlfriend will say, oh, I'm buying this with you, I'm doing it with you, and then one of them passes on first, and all of a sudden their kids who are not the biological children of, uh, of their partner, all of a sudden say, no, 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 we inherited it. You're going out the door. So really yeah. so important. And if I can also say one other thing on a rental side, if you have that situation where you're unmarried and let's say your partner is on a lease, a rent-stabilized lease, and your name is never put in, to be added to it, you could have a terrible situation of living in an apartment for years and then not having the right to stay there. And yeah. those landlords would love to kick you out to bump up the rent. Um, so be very careful for folks who are, have a partner and they're not married if they're, if they're not on the rent stabilized lease, which is a right. different question. But I just wanted to make that I, out there because so many people are affected by that. Yeah, I think, Steve, that, to your point, I think that's worth like a session, like a part of, a sh of the show. Maybe next week we can talk about it because it's really – I don't think a wise thing because what that's really saying is, and the question was asked, that you're basically putting yourself that the two people will own the, the property, but only one person is respons responsible for the debt. So, yeah. if, uh, you know, if I buy a property with Stephen and we both own it, and let's say we're I'm with Stephen or like we're we're you know we're together, what then? I'll yeah, so always me, own that property. If I don't want to pay anymore, he's still responsible for the debt. So that's absolutely. really tricky. I mean, if I can say it any easier, I would say do not do that. And, and if also I can add before the break, credit. When you are a co-owner of a property, yes, you have the rights and privileges. But here are the things to question. What happens if one of you loses a job? What are you, are you both equally paying expenses? What if you have a disagreement if you want to keep it as a primary or a second home? And then on the positive side, if you're not on the note, you're not responsible to pay back that mortgage. It's not going to appear on your credit report, 
which then also means if you want to borrow more money, it's not going to count against you. But on the negative side, if you're not on it, you can't get the tax deduction. So We have a break. Basically, it's dangerous to consult your attorney before you do that. We'll be right back after our quick commercial break. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Each week, I delve into the minds of some of the most inspirational and influential people in the world. From health and wellness, to professional development, to personal well-being, Changemakers join me to provide the tools needed for personal and professional growth, improved health and well-being, and self-empowerment. Conversations with Joan connects the dots between mind, body, soul, and spirit. Start your week on a positive note. Tune in to Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, you can listen to it across all major podcast networks. To learn more about Conversations with Joan or the Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brand, visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. On Tuesday, July 7th, all towns in New Jersey's 5th Congressional District will vote in the primary. Dr. Hector Castillo is the only candidate who is a seasoned politician, a successful businessman, and a skilled healthcare professional. Dr. Castillo understands the needs of people from all incomes and all backgrounds because he built his way up to the American dream and has experience in multiple industries. As an internist and ophthalmologist for 30 years, he will make the right healthcare decisions to lift New Jersey out of this pandemic. As a politician, he's built strategies on how to fix New Jersey's broken tax system and to provide proper health care for all. He cares about the people and can represent the rich diversity that New Jersey needs to make the right decisions in Congress. Dr. Castillo will stand with the people and lead New Jersey to greatness if we can get him through the primary. Vote Castillo for Congress 2020. Hi, this is Dr. Hector Castillo and I approve this message. Paid for by Castillo for Congress 2020. With so much uncertainty in the world, one thing is certain. Our energy bills aren't going away. Do you really want the government and a 100-year-old monopoly mandating what you pay for electricity? At Sun Life Solar, they put you in control of your electric bill. Find out if you qualify for a free install of solar at your home. Visit TakeControl.Solar to schedule a no-obligation virtual consultation. That's TakeControl.Solar. Take control of your energy bills, and even you can be living the sun life. Visited New York Truck Stop Radio lately? We're open and here for you, especially in these uncertain times. Join Arthur and Zach Miller and guests as they discuss transportation, commerce, and the bottom line. Saturday afternoons at 1 on AM 970, The Answer. Want more of AM 970, The Answer, and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for breaking news, what's coming up on the radio, thoughts from our hosts, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM 970, The Answer. Come on, tweet with us. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. You know, we were talking uh, about an interesting point that somebody had emailed me with a question. Should you be on the deed together, but only one person be responsible for the rent? 
and I'm telling you it's not a good idea. But there are reasons a person might do it, and I think that Ace can speak to that. For example, if you uh, are li- going to buy something with someone and one of those people have bad credit, then sometimes um, Ace would you agree with they'll apply for the mortgage with one person because the bad credit might stop you from getting a mortgage. So, Definitely, Dottie. I would say... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dottie. I think at the same token, it's a very dangerous thing to do because, you know, when everything's hunky-dory, that's great. But I've always learned that when you do a contract for anything, uh, when you're doing it, don't look at the best scenario. Look at, hey, you know, everything is good now, but what if it's not? What happens then? What if you get, you know, so so I think Ace will tell you, that some people will try to do it because of their, you know, their credit's not good. So if you are buying with somebody, you should call Ace or Citizens Bank and check both of your credit scores. Wouldn't you recommend that? I would, Dottie. You know, and I'll and I'll give you advice. Um, Ace's advice as a friend and the mortgage yes. lender um, <laughs> Ace's advice, right? So on the mortgage good. side. If you, if you really need to co-sign for someone because they have bad credit or if they need, just need your finances to qualify, I would really key and really, you know, have you do the research up front, meaning, you know, are there terms in there where both parties are, are going to come up with a amount if, let's say, that person can't pay? Because once you actually go on the loan with that person, that's part of your credit. That's part of your responsibility. And the banks will require you if the other person that you're co-signing for doesn't pay, you're going to have to pay. And then to Stephen and Dottie's point, your credit will be affected as well. Ace's advice, you know, would be if you can avoid co-signing for anyone, because when, when a good situation happens, everything is, 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 is rosy. You know, it, it'll be a great you know, opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Personally, I've seen many instances where the person that co-signed, whether it was even a parent and the, and the kids ended up not paying, guess what? That person is responsible. And personally, I had a friend who went into an investment uh, with a friend. They, they put down a down payment 50-50. It was about 10 years ago. It was an investment property in the city. And the friend just decided one day that, you know what, this was and, – and they, they had a renter. And what happened was the renter – um, moved out and, and moved away. Um, they left New York. So they were having a hard time finding a renter. So there was an eight-month eight, eight month period where they actually had to come up with the mortgage payment. Well, guess what? The partner who he purchased the property with decided, you know what? I don't really care about my credit. I'm not paying my portion. The, my friend who cares about his credit, who he actually worked with me at the bank, he kept on coming to, to me and said, Ace, I am so stressed out. If I don't pay the full payments, then my credit will be affected, thus, you know, really affecting my job. Because as a mortgage loan officer, you need to have good credit. So he ended up forking up the whole payment for the whole eight months, right? And obviously, I don't have to tell everyone here, or all of our listeners, that ended the friendship. And that really put him in a really, really bad situation financially. So, um, you know, simple message but, here you know, is your due diligence. That, yeah, yeah, I don't want to cut you off, but we're talking about two Go different ahead, things. Darling. No, we're talking about two different things. You're talking about co-signing on a, on a loan, okay? Which means basically that um, if somebody 
like your kids don't have enough money or their, you know, their credit's not good or they don't have enough, you, uh, you know, you as a parent, usually as a parent will co-sign so um, that they can get the mortgage. The question really was whether they should co-sign or not. The question was somebody took out a loan. There was two people. They were on the deed, okay, together, but the loan was only with one person. Now, usually when you co-sign a loan, you're not on the deed. You're just you're you're responsible for paying the loan if that person defaults, but you don't own the property. The question really was, can I go on the deed with someone, but I'm the only one that's going to be responsible for the loan because the person that they were living with, that they're going to buy this thing together, had bad credit. So that, so it wasn't a co-signer. Got it. Same Got way. it. Okay. So if, if that's the situation, if you're on the deed, so if you're on the loan, you have to be on the deed. If you're, if you're on the deed, you don't have to be on the loan. So basically, if you are taking out and you are going to be a mortgage holder, then your name will be on the deed, and then the other person that wants to buy it with you can be on the deed as well. But if you're on the deed, you don't necessarily need to be on the mortgage. Does that make sense, Dottie? So yes, any person that's wanna... taking out a, a, a mortgage will have to be on the deed. Right, but I want to ask I want to ask Stephen a question. Stephen, yep. if that were the case, let's say you're living you're living with someone, you decide you want to purchase mm-hmm. something together, and you know that your that your spouse or that your friend or whoever it is that you're buying with has bad credit, so you decide, okay, I'll take out the loan in my name alone. We'll qualify, and you mm-hmm. know we won't have to worry about your bad credit. However, we're both going to be on the deed. Can you make a, a, a separate agreement legally that says, you you know, if, if, if somebody defaults or somebody or you break up, that that, that person isn't on the on the deed anymore? So there's definitely something, and I was going to get to that because there's, there's so many things wrapped up with this scenario. One thing that you mm-hmm. can do at the outset, we have it, something called a tenant in common agreement. Now, when you own property, there's three different ways, and so and not, I don't want to go too much on a side uh, story on that, but when you buy something tenants in common, you each own your percentage interest, and they're divisible. You can divide it up. And what you can do is you can put restrictions on their ability to transfer, all, but also you could effectively try to um, work in either a lien or some sort of penalty so they would owe you that money back. The other thing I would put out there, um, and this may sound, if it's a couple, not the you know most romantic thing to do, but making sure that they have some money vested. So maybe they fund an account and in advance, so that way there's some money in there, so that there's money to support you if, if you're the one that's solely on the, the note itself. Um, and also put in some provisions where if they're not contributing, that you could force a sale. So that's something where I'd put some of the protections in for you because, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's tough enough to own property together. When you're, if you're in a relationship, someone that adds a, a little bit of uh, an explosive element to it, and, and they could hold you hostage because you could be stuck in this terrible situation of having to pay, and it only affects your credit. Um, at the same time, um, 
you, they are on the hook. If let's say it's a condominium or, or a house, I mean, even a co-op, that, that if you're not paying the association fees, the maintenance or the common charges or the property taxes, as a co-owner, they, there's responsibility there. But you really want to make sure you line it all up. And again, the last part is on the positive side, if you're the only one on the note, you're the only one entitled to the tax write-off on the home mortgage interest deduction. So, you know, if you're trying to really count every yeah, penny and make sure it's allocated, you got to really, you know, do the math. So there's the business arrangement of it, but then also having the right kind of agreement, like a tenant in common agreement to protect you if there's a problem on the downside or if there's a dispute, if you should still hold on to it or trying to sell. Things I don't like want to be too de- technical on the show. Here's what I'm telling you. If you are going to be on the deed with another person where they, you both have ownership in this property, but only one person is responsible for the debt, that's a very risky thing to do. And I would definitely consult with an attorney. Um, my advice, if you're co-signing for those parents that are co-signing to help their kids out, uh <laughs> Look at the worst scenario. <laughs> the worst scenario is it's your children and they don't pay you. And they say, Mom, Dad, thank you so much for co-signing with us, but we can't pay. You know, I lost my job, whatever. We can't pay anymore. And so then uh, your credit's wrecked. And another factor that could happen, which just to bring it up, and I'm, I'm not trying to be negative, but look at the worst scenarios, don't look at the best scenarios, is if, you get divorced and your parents co-signed and, and let's say they, they ended up paying a lot of payments because you didn't have money and now you get divorced. Well, you know, parents, well, you just paid for your half of your probably ex-daughter or son-in-law's uh, half of the house. Okay, so it's just, again, we, it's hard to be you know, give general advice. All I would say is that you need to consult an attorney. I wouldn't just do that. And I think we would all agree on that. So if that's the case, think twice and call your attorney and make sure that you check it out with him. Don't just do it. Remember something when you're buying a home or when you're signing a lease. And I think Stephen said it before the devil's in the details. So when you read advice, whether it's in the in the papers, whether you're reading it on some sites, whether you're listening to us, it's general. It's general. We don't know what your lease says specifically. We don't know, you know, what the terms are. So you should always consult an attorney. It's a long-term thing. It's a lot of money. And you don't want to find out later that you made a mistake. And if you trust somebody, you might trust them today. But, you know, people change. Things happen. So I would say proceed with with caution and always consult an attorney. We're right back after our break. You're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm doing a for two part Steve Ebert. We'll be right back. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust. At a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion. There is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. 
You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8.30, right after Morano in the Morning on AM 970. The Answer. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. Well, you know, when I originally called in, I said I was 87 years old and I'm walking around like an 87-year-old guy. <laughs> I said, this can't happen. So when I started on the balance of nature, I would say within about seven days, 10 days, I started to feel better. I have more energy now than I can remember. I kind of reached the goal as far as I was dragging around the house, and now I walk with a lot more energy. So I've heard your advertisements for years, and uh, I've heard the stories, and I was just saying... Yeah, I think this is time for me to stop moping around a house and do something. <laughs> and it worked. I'm within about 10 days I'm feeling much much better. Being the fact that it's not medication and it works that well. I mean, come on. <laughs> you could sell it for something else. <laughs> Seriously, I thought it was going to be so horribly expensive that I couldn't afford it, and these balance of nature capsules are so reasonably priced. I mean, I am shocked. When you think about going to a store and getting all the supplements and vitamins and all the things that you need, balance of nature fruits and veggies are so much less expensive and so much more perfectly natural. <laughs> I try to eat healthy, but there's no way I can get the nutritional equivalent in my diet that I get from my balance of nature. What you eat today determines the kind of cells your body's going to make tomorrow. Instead of eating you know, 15 pounds of vegetables, you can take this product. I think in the future, from taking balance of nature, my body's going to be making a lot better quality cells. I'm really excited about this product. You know, you're going to get enough to make a big difference. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code THEANSWER. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we were getting very technical, and these are all very important things to know. I try to, we all try here at I on real estate, and remember, go to our Facebook page, um, or go to DottieHerman.com, and you can get to everyone's website if you have any questions or you are streaming us but as i said every example is different and so to be very specific it's very hard to do that unless we know the exact lease or steven knows the exact lease or the exact terms um, and the circumstances but on the lighter side of things i've had questions come in and it says dear Dottie, i'm moving to florida before i sell my home on long island I don't want to take the furniture with me as my new home is modern and my furniture is not. Should I get rid of all the furniture that is currently in my home that I'm selling? I don't want it anymore. And just have my agent virtually stage it. Please let me know. Now, obviously, I haven't seen your furniture, so I can't really give you a real answer. But my off the top of my head without seeing your furniture is if you 
if you, first of all, get rid of any clutter in your house, and that goes with whether you're keeping your furniture or not. If you're getting your home ready to, to sell, you need to stage it. You need to show it in its best, best put foot forward. So get rid of all the magnets on the refrigerator. Get rid of all the extra stuff that you've accumulated over years. If your furniture is not nice and you're going to sell it, uh, I might, if you stage it virtually, which I would probably say that's a great thing to do, but then somebody comes into the property and they see it, you know, half, you know, like it, it, it looks completely different. Because if you look at a new home, the builders stage them. You know, they have the perfect furniture. It fits perfect. And when you see it, it looks beautiful. If you took all the furniture out of a new home, and just think about all the new home models that you might have gone through in your lifetime. If you took the furniture out that they use, which is perfectly sized, brand new, and then you put old furniture in it that was bulky, that didn't fit, you put magnets all over the refrigerator, I can tell you right now, half your sales would drop. So... You know, so I would say you really need to do both. If you're going to sell your furniture, if it's decent and the home shows well, take the bulk of it out that you don't want, okay? And just, you know, but still repaint the walls. And, you know, I guess, I don't know how much time we have today left, but repaint, clean it up. A great thing is have all your windows washed by a professional window washer. Let it sparkle uh, because... A, fir- a person's first impression makes a difference. And as I said, new homes and model homes, the, one of the reasons they sell is they're staged beautifully. They have all new furniture. Everything is clean, brand new, sparkling. And can you and if go into a new model new home and picture old furniture, worn-out rugs. If you can picture that in your mind, Think about how appealing that would be. So remember something, you know, so that so in answer to your question, get rid of the furniture you don't want, want, still have your house clean and painted. And I don't know that I would do it on virtually because I think what would happen virtually is if I showed this gorgeous place online and it was all staged virtually and it wasn't really what it looked like when I'm going to walk into it, I, I'm going to be disappointed and I, I, I'm expecting to see something, everything brand new. So no, I wouldn't do that. Um, and the other one was basically another question, the same thing as far as renovations. Uh, I want to renovate my home and have a limited budget. Should I update my master bedroom or my kit, my master bathroom, excuse me, or my kitchen? When you're selling a home, those two rooms are very important. If I had to choose one, I probably would choose the kitchen, but that's my opinion. I don't know. Ace, you sell a lot of homes, you know, and you buy. What would you renovate if you only had money to do one? The bathroom or the kitchen? Oh, <laughs> I would tough. say that's a tough <laughs> that's one. A tough. That's a tough one, Dottie. I, I would say the kitchen, you know, I would say the kitchen. That's what I would say. I mean, and again, or if you if you get creative, you can sometimes in a kitchen – get away with maybe changing the knobs and painting the cabinets and maybe not spending so much money. But I think the kitchen is the central place where people gather, people talk. And so if I had to do just one, I think I'd pick the kitchen. However, there's that's, no... That's I don't exactly think why, too, Dottie. The, the congregation yeah. and the amount of time that you, you spend with others, you know? So, yeah. So. And again, also, there's the no... the kitchen renovation is the toughest. 
like if I was buying, I'd rather have the kitchen done too because you know if you if you're renovating the master bathroom, you at least have another bathroom usually to use. You only have one kitchen, and so right. if you're if the kitchen's out of commission, that, that, that you're in, you're in for a rough couple of months while you, you get through that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a little last week about as is. You know, when you sell a home as is, which means what you see is what you get. Uh, let me put it this way to you. If you do nothing more than take all the junk you've accumulated over the years out, if you have excess furniture and you want to keep it for your next apartment or house, put it in storage. Take If you have rugs that are worn and you have hardwood floors under them, rip the rugs off. Nobody really wants rugs right now. Rip the rugs off. And have the floors, you know, you can have, you can buy the machine and do them. They have them at the, at, you know, at, the, at some of the stores. Clean the windows, get rid of the junk, paint everything a neutral color. As I said, like maybe a, a linen white. I think that's an, an easy color to, that's neutral. Paint everything neutral because your taste might not be somebody else's taste, at least with a, a neutral color, like a neutral white, like linen white or something of that nature. No matter what taste you have, everything goes with white. I can't tell you how much money that will save you. I mean, you know, you will you will make rather than just showing it as is. Now, I'm not talking about structural things now, but just aesthetics. People like to see something nice. And some people are very visual and they cannot see what something can look like. And the potential something has, whereas some people, usually investors that buy properties, they look at the, they can look at the guts of a home and they can see what that property could look like with a little TLC, tender, loving care. And sometimes it's really not a lot of money to do that. It's a matter of just getting the junk out, cleaning everything up, getting a window washer to wash all the windows and make them sparkle taking all the knickknacks and junk that we collect over time. Um, and if you do that, you're going to make a significant difference in price. I can tell you that right now. So if you don't have to sell your house as is, I wouldn't. Now, if you have structural damages where you have a, a, a bad roof, your oil burn is broken, you know, you have mold, then that goes into a whole different story. And that maybe I would sell it as is. Uh, but I'd have to see it to tell you. But you'd be surprised that you can you can you can do some little things to a home, and it could look like a million bucks when you're done. I mean, it really can. Um, so don't re- remember somebody is going to walk in and make an impression. And as far as if you're in the suburbs and somebody can drive by, because in a building, you know, the building is the building in the city. But if you're in the suburbs and it's a residential home, curb appeal is important also. So make sure that you make sure your lawns are cut and that, you know, you put a little pot of flowers outside. And uh, if you have a neighbor that has junk around and it's showing, you might want to ask your neighbor, look, I'm trying to sell my house. You might put that to the side and, you know, make your house look because because if someone's driving back past your home and they get a bad first impression without going inside, they're never going to come inside to see it. So, so the first impression, paint the door, is very important. Remember something. If somebody drives by your home 
They've accepted the area, the neighborhood, because they're driving and they know what it's like. They've accepted the house on the outside, and they just have to see the inside. And so it's like half souls already if they want to come in. So I think that's a good thing. And, and Dottie, if I can just add, before you undertake any major renovation, have consult your real estate agent, because Absolutely. especially if you're looking to sell, what you don't want to do is, you know, again, it's one thing if you want to do something and go the extra mile because you want to use it and be there for a while. But if you're renovating for the purpose of selling, make sure that the numbers make sense. It doesn't make sense to spend $100,000 on a kitchen that you're going to sell and you're only going to get $20,000 on your sales price. So make sure it's an appropriate renovation. Absolutely. That's, that's great advice, Stephen. It's really good. Yeah, and let me, you know, and always, and that's why I always recommend to people when they're renovating, even if they don't have any, you know, even if they're not planning to sell, I, I would tell you, you know, and I just renovated one of, one of my home that I live in, and I made sure that the things that were going to be major money, like the kitchens and the baths, I did in fairly neutral colors. Because even if you're not selling, if you do up your kitchen or you do up your bathroom in a color that's very in right now that's trending right now five years from now even though your kitchen and bathroom will be you know new and probably look good still as far as the condition they're in that color could date your home i I, I see that all the time when people put like in like the hardwood floors they want like a really dark floor that was in for like two years now they're stuck with it things like that yeah So don't do that. While we're on the topic of renovations and, um, you know, just improving your home, I know you've been working on your construction of your home. Can you give our listeners an update on on where we are? I will do that next week. I think we are at the end of the show. I will give you an update on all the mistakes that I made, and hopefully you won't make (laughs) the mistakes I made. I give good advice, but I made plenty of mistakes. We'll talk no, about no, that No, no, when you're week. done, we're all going to come visit, Dottie. So yes, I'm going to have a big party when we, get to, <laughs> when we all get through with this virus. By the way, exactly. have a great weekend. It's wonderful weather. Take deep breath, and thank God that we're all here well. Thank you. Have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye. Everyone. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.